welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions, bringing you the latest and greatest reviews of the newest films. Today we're going to be talking about Napping Princess, My Little Princess, Friendship is Magic, Spring into Friendship, and Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Right now we're going to be talking about the film Please Stand By with the wonderful Callista. Thank you so much for being on the show. As always, thank you for having me. Having me. All right, so please tell us a little bit about what Please Stand By is, because it does have a very interesting plot. Yes, that is correct. Please Stand By, which stars D- Dakota Fanning, is about a young autistic girl who runs away from her caregiver and heads to Paramount Pictures to enter her fan script in a Star Trek writing contest. Now, I love Dakota Fanning. I think she's fantastic, and she's, of course, been in the, in the industry for a long time. So tell us a bit about her performances, since she seems to be the driving force of this film. I I can agree with that statement, because I th- think that she is really well... She really does portray this character very well in this film. And especially considering this character is autistic, and I myself am on the autism spectrum, I am happy to say that a lot of the things that she does in this film are actually accurate, because I think that's very important when portraying something like autism or... Similarly, something similar like that, like a disability or a mental illness, I think it's important to portray correctly, and I think Dakota Fanning does an amazing job with that. Definitely, because it is a because when you're performing, when they are, when you're performing a character that has sometimes on the spectrum or is facing discrimination or any of that, it is very. You want to make sure you portray them correctly, and from it sounds like it sounds like it's, she's portraying them with respect and grace, and it's. Perfect. So, um, mm-hmm. what do you think about the story itself? I, I myself am very interested in this, as I myself want to make my own stories. And I think that I feel like I could relate to this character a lot more than other people, because I myself am a... Because, you know, I write my own stories, and I'm on the autism spectrum. So I feel like I might be a little bit biased towards this film, because I thought that, you know, I felt, I felt like this is definitely a film where you get into the moment where you're like, oh God, I want her to succeed so badly. And I, I think it's like, it's a very simple plot, but it, it, it works very well, basically. Well, it's nice to know that this film spoke to you on like a, on a deeper level. And that's, again, I'm, I'm sure the filmmakers, their intentions would, of course, speak to audiences around the world, of course, but of course speaking to the subject matter they're talking about, which is, I'm glad that it seemed like it succeeded. Mm-hmm. So what would you say is the message of this film? I feel like it definitely has a message about, like, being able to accomplish your dreams even though you have, like, I feel like it definitely is speaking more, more it's speaking a lot towards people, like, who have trouble doing what they love because of, of a disability or or like some kind of condition. And it's definitely speaking towards how it's like, even though you have this condition, you still can do what you love. Cause you know, cause they meant make note of the fact how it's like, yeah, she's autistic, but she's very creative. And you know, she thinks differently. She sees things differently, 
but it definitely shows how it's like she has potential and it it, it definitely is a lot it, it, it's a very much belief in your dreams film and it's very empowering specifically towards people with conditions that they can't control now i'm curious what is your take on the casting of like actors especially with you know those because there's characters who are on the spectrum there are characters who are gay there are characters who are crippled but a lot of times it's they're portrayed they're not portrayed as well as well of course the demographic wants as respectfully as they are portrayed so do you think there's a problem in hollywood or in the film industry and television industry that they do not portray them correctly well we're getting onto some very serious questions um well it should be. Okay. It is. Yeah. Well, I do believe that, you know, there are cases where things are portrayed very correctly, even in times where I, I enjoy um, the fact that it's like representation, because I myself am very passionate about representation in media. Because yes. it's like, if it's embracing, if it's actually representation, but it's embracing a stereotype, I get a little annoyed because it's like, because when, because like, I feel that there's like many cases where it's actually portraying a demographic that's not portrayed as often, but in a wrong way. Like they don't do research, they don't actually get other people's input on it, and I think that is kind of a problem. I can say I can say that this film succeeded in what it was trying to do. It did stuff accurately. It did stuff that I've noticed myself doing, but there are some times where it's like. like little like very small things i know so i'm like that's not exactly accurate i don't know if it's a problem with hollywood itself but with a lot of people who try to um do representation they either embrace a stereotype or get like something like very minuscule wrong but it's very very noticeable and you're a little you're kind of thinking like why exactly is that there so i do hope this does eventually uh, change with you know the fact that more characters who portray things correctly are coming are like coming you know into Hollywood and that sort of stuff but I do kind of notice this issue as well yeah because it is it is a problem because like I remember I have a friend who is in a wheelchair and is crippled and when he re- in when he learned that one of the characters in Glee there was a character in Glee who was in a wheelchair and he got so excited because he thought that he's being represented in television, like, oh my gosh, it's so cool. But he learned the actor himself wasn't crippled. And it just kind of felt like this, that doesn't feel right. Like, cast somebody who was actually, I'm going to cast somebody who was in a wheelchair. I tried to cast somebody who was in a wheelchair. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem that I think that the casting yeah. in films and television I mean, brings down. Yeah. I mean, casting, like, in certain things, if it's more, like, mental, like, casting a character casting someone who is neurotypical with as a character with a mental illness or casting someone who's not on the spectrum as someone on the spectrum, they are kind of different than casting someone... I would agree. Uh, yep. ...with no... Like, if you can portray it well, because it's easier, I feel like it's like... um, Because it, it's like... If you portray a character with some kind of mental condition, it's like, it's like yeah, it might be nice to actually have someone who is who is that way, but it's, like, it's a lot, I, I notice how it's a lot more awkward when it's someone who is, like, able-bodied, portraying 
someone who has a physical disability. Understandable. And it sounds like Dakota Fanning does do a good job portraying someone who's on the spectrum. So it's great that this film does that. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, Rocket to the Moon. We're going to continue the show talking about Maze Runner, Princess Friendship is Magic, and The Napping Princess. We're going to continue our conversation with Callista about Please Stand By. So, Callista, what would you say is your favorite part in this film? Oh, gosh. There's, like, quite a few. There were some very, like, nice scenes with just, like, character interactions. Like, there is, one, there is like, a few scenes where it's, like, when she, like, meets people and then it's, like, she has nice interactions with them. Like, she almost gets, like, some guy at a convenience store tries to rip her off by making her pay more money. A woman comes up and tells her mm. and, like, uh, explains how it's, like, no, that's not actually true. And then it's, like, they have, like, a nice conversation afterwards. If I was going to narrow it down, I think a really powerful scene for me was the main character's uh, caregiver and her son are driving and trying to find Wendy, the are trying to find Wendy, the main character. And so her son actually mm-hmm. happens to be a Star Trek fan as well. And the caregiver is saying all the stuff about, it's like, I don't get why she's so interested in it. And because it's common for people on the spectrum to develop a special interest and obviously Wendy's a Star Trek. The son then explains how it's like the character on Star Trek Spock has trouble dealing with his emotions, which is probably why she relates to it so much. And I realized how it's like the Star Trek thing was not just her special interest and they actually use it as like a really interesting and creative metaphor. And I actually think that that whole scene was like probably one of the best moments in the film. And I just really enjoyed the metaphor because it, it was very interesting. Well, definitely. I, it's it's great because, I mean, like, I'm not much of a Trekkie fan, but my mom's a big Trekkie fan. So this film could really appeal to her because she loves Star Trek. Um, so how many stars would you give this film? What you say is the age recommendation? I'd say about four to five as the age, as the, uh, the age, four to five as the, Star recommend as the star rating and age recommendation. I, I'd say probably about like 11 to 18. There is like a few moments that are a little bit darker, so it's like it can be kind of intense at times. So that's like my reasoning. Yeah, well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Callista, for talking about Please Stand By. Of course, thanks for having me. This film is in theaters January 26th, so please go check it out. With that said, I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Thomas Edison, Rocket to the Moon. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First Film Critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, 
Washington, D.C. and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions we just got done talking about the wonderful film stand by please stand by and we're also going to be talking about the films Princess, Friendship is Magic, Spring into Friendship, and also Napping Princess. Right now, we're ha- talking to the wonderful Tristan and Callista about the new Maze Runner film, Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Thank you so much, YouTube, for being on the show. Let's get right into it, shall we? So, Tristan, first of all, I hear that you've also seen the other previous films leading up to this. So, um, what did you think about, the- what do you feel about the trilogy in all, since you've seen all the films now? I, I think the trilogy, all of it together, it's it feels like a really nice trilogy. Like what I loved about this movie so much was that it really wrapped up the trilogy and it didn't feel like there were so many loose ends that it left you craving like another movie like right now. But I, I feel like it wrapped up in the trilogy and it really left a nice taste in your mouth. And yeah. Now, um, Callista, you've seen the other films as well, am I correct? Yes. So, what do you feel, do you feel like this film is a satisfying ending for the trilogy? It is very, very satisfying. I, I really love both the Maze Runner movies and the books, and I think that this wrapped it up, like, very well. I was actually crying during the ending. Oh, wow, so that's, that I would say that is a success on their part. So, um, Callista, what do you feel makes the Maze Runner films good to you? Something about just, like, I love the, I love the characters. I love this whole, like, I love the main, this group of people. Uh, There's just so, there's so many good things about the, about this story. Um, I love the sort of world that they've created. I love the mystery behind it. Like, there, there, there's so much mystery behind the main villain group, and there's, like, all this stuff about how there's so many things that just keep you just coming back. It's like, it's very, it's a really good, like sci-fi dystopian story to me. It has, it has all the really good elements. I think of it, of that sort of genre. And Tristan, what do you think about, well, let's focus on the death cure. What makes this film different than the other Maze Runner films stylistically, I would say. I feel like each movie has been like a different step in the hero's journey. And like this one was the last one. They came to their final destination of where they had to go to complete their journey. And like the first one took place in a maze with kind of like a sort of a jungle feel. The second one had sort of a desert feel. And this one has more of like a, like a 
futuristic city feel feel because that's where they spend some time in in this movie and so it does feel different in that in that uh perspective but it does have the same like kind of style of like action and uh acting as the previous movies did so it did some things different and it kept some things from the previous movies that i did like nice and uh, I have a question for both of you. I'm going to start with Calista on this one. Why do you feel like Hollywood is so interested in the dystopian genre? Because ever since Hunger Games, we've got Divergence, The Host, now Maze Runner is one of those. We really have this fascination with what the future looks for us. So why do you feel like um, people really gravitate toward those stories? Um, Calista, I'll start with you. Um... <laughs> Coming from someone who kind of wants to write a dystopian story, um, I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. Because there's, like, a lot of things in dystopia that's very much, like... I think there's this very interesting thing in terms of, like, the survival of, of these characters and something about, like... I don't know if it's something about how it looks, but dystopia films always look, look really, really good to me. Like, I like the way these worlds look. I think dystopia is, like, it brings out some kind of, like, feeling in us that kind of, it's, like, very dark. Like, it's very depressing, but it's also very interesting. It, it, it kind of gives that sort of, like, study of hu of humanity feeling that it's, like, it's very much of, like, story of, like, of people thinking, doing what they think is right. And it's, like, when you know it's not, but it's, like, they believe it's right and it gives them, it's very... That's what I think also makes like good villains when they know what they're when they th think what they're doing is right, but you know it's wrong. It makes them feel more like powerful. So it's a whole combination of reasons why we like dystopia. Tristan, what about you? Um, I feel like Hollywood specifically has been doing it so much recently because all of our technology is improving and we have so much. We, we have so many so much more opportunities with CGI that those kind of futuristic dystopian um, types of movies now we're able to be able to do the CGI and make it look real and cool and all this stuff with flying cars or zombies or viruses or futuristic cities all this kind of stuff we're able to do now and so so many different creators, are really loving that they're able to tell all these stories that before look silly if they didn't have like all the correct props or CGI. And I feel like that's one reason one reason that Hollywood is really doing is really doing so many of those types of movies right now. But I also feel like people really do like those kinds of movies because the future is such a mystery. We don't know. The past we already know so much about, but the future, it's just open-ended. Anything could happen. So I think a lot of people like to write different, their their takes on what might happen during the future. And I think that that's a reason why it's so popular right now. The future, that's, that's very true. And we have no idea what the future has in store for us. Hopefully something brighter very soon will be nice. You listen to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. This show was sponsored by Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, Rocket to the Moon. We're going to continue this, this segment talking about My Little Princess, Friendship is Magic, Spring into Friendship, Nappy Princess, and we just got done talking about Please Stand By. We're going to continue our conversation about the, the Maze Runner series, The Death <laughs> with Tristan 
and Callista. I keep wanting to say Blade Runner, but no, it is the main <laughs> runner. And we just got done talking about the future, and all I know is that the future is very bright for filmmaking because this film is pretty top-notch right here. So, um, Tristan, what do you feel about the characters in this film? Because like, Callista talked about how the characters are fantastic. What did you think of them? What I feel like this film does right is that all the characters, their personalities and stuff, they feel so diverse. Like, you can just, like, easily tell from their personalities and the way they look and the way they act. One character from a different character. Like, they just stand out like that. I mean, my favorite character has got to be Newt, played by Thomas Brody Sangster, I think is how you say his last name. Because of all the I stuff he Sangster. goes through. Sangster, yeah. And mm -hmm. because of all the stuff he goes through, and, like, I just really love his acting. Um, but, yeah, I just... All the characters are so different and unique in their own personalities. And I feel like that's great. And speaking of the future, and what have we learned through this very, very long journey through this maze? What is the end product and of the message of this film? Um, let's go with Callista on this one. Wicked is good. <laughs> I, I, I had to slip that reference. It, it's a reference to the Maze Runner because, like, the main group is called Wicked, which is a brilliant name for a villain group. But um, they I keep saying say Wicked is good, is so good. I felt like I... Broadway play. I mean, it's my favorite Broadway play of all time, so I was going to agree with you there. Anyway, <laughs> you were saying? Well, um... Oh, well... Yeah, but... Um, no, actually, I feel like there's a lot more... Um, there's a lot more of a message, like, talking about how I feel like it's, it's very interesting because this world's ended and Wicked's trying to, like, make a cure for this disease. And the characters, it's just more about how it's, like, I think there's kind of a message about how it's, like, good intentions going wrong. Because it's, like, obviously it's, like, because, you know... The, the, the main characters are immune to this virus, and they're try trying to get this cure via that. And I feel like it's like, yeah, okay, that sounds good in theory, but I mean, if you know what these people went through in, like, the first two books, I can understand them being, like, I can understand why we say you're the bad guy. So it's very clear that it's like, Wicked is a group of people who had good intentions, but, you know, stuff just kept going wrong, and everything just literally starts to fall apart. And, and I feel like it's more of a message about how it's like, know, about how it's like knowing when to stop, knowing when you realize what you're doing is, is not right. And there's a, there are alternatives. Like everyone keeps talking about in this movie how there are alternatives. There are things we can, there are other things we can do, but they just keep going. So that's my personal theory. Interesting. Well, I would love to talk more about our theories of what the future entails, but right now, the present is we are out of time. So, Tristan, how many stars would you give this film, and what would you say is the age recommendation? I'd give it four out of five stars in age 13 to 18. I feel like we'd enjoy this movie most. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, YouTube, for talking about The Maze Runner, The Death Cure. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Of course. This film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. Let's take a break. This show is sponsored by Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, Rocket to the Moon. 
Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about The Maze Runner, The Death Cure, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Spring into Friendship, Please stand by, and now we'll be talking about Napping Princess with Callista. Welcome to the show, Callista. Hello. Hi. So, when I first heard about Napping Princess, I thought it would be something like Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit what Napping Princess is about? Um, It's far from Sleeping Beauty. Okay, so this film is about... This film is about a girl named Kakone, who I am pretty sure is narcolepsy, even though it's never explicitly stated, because she's oftentimes dozing off and entering a a dream world known as Heartland. So after her father is arrested and accused of stealing technology from a famous company, she and her childhood friend Morio go to track him down. Oh, okay. That sounds like a really unique movie. So, can you tell me what emotions were going through you, your mind while you were watching this? Uh, I can sum it up in about four words. This film is pretty. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I really like... I That was what I was thinking a lot of time. I was like, I was like gosh, I really love the animation. Because uh-huh. like, the, music, the music and the animation was just so pretty. I loved... Um, I'm, I'm really, I'm really freaking out here because I love it so much. Um, but yeah, there were, I was very like intrigued, especially with, like the opening scene. I was like very invested just from the, the opening scene alone, because it's like it, the opening scene starts in the in the dream world I previously mentioned, Heartland, and it's it, it's very like it starts off with like all this like really cool like uh, designs and all these cool like outfits, and it's so it's very. I was like already just like okay i'm liking this already awesome so what like specifically about the animation made you think that oh my gosh this is so beautiful i just really love little things like how the characters 
move and how like the hair moves. It's just like, okay, so I kind of have a bit of a bias on this one because I really like Studio uh, Ghibli. Like, I really loved Studio Ghibli films, and this reminds me a lot of that and just like the backgrounds and all the little. It's it's really great. So I I kind of have a bias towards Japanese animation because it's pretty great to me. So I it's just. I really like how the way it's just, like, anime is, well, animated. <laughs> yeah, I really like Studio Ghibli, too. I need to watch more of those films. So, can you tell me, what did you think about the voice acting? Um, I thought it was pretty good. I like the way these, I like the way, um, these characters, like, portray it. Like, because I can tell the person, like, the personalities were clear from the voices, which I think is a very great thing to pull off. Like, there was a lot of energy going into these performances. Nice. And then I know you mentioned that she goes, she um, often falls asleep and goes into her dream world. How did you know um, the real world from her imaginative world? There's kind of a clear difference because it's like, the dream world, they have, like, all these, like, very strange outfits, and there's, like, all, there's a lot more, like, there's, like, these, like, huge robots, all, all these strange things. It's, like, um, aside from the fact that, like, the, ma- the main character in the dream world and the main character in the real world look, like, nothing alike, uh, um, there's, like, very little things, like the fact that the outfits look a lot more fantasy and... And they're, like I previously mentioned, giant robots, and the whole world looks very different. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, this sounds like a very interesting movie. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about The Maze Runner, The Death Cure, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Spring into Friendship, Please Stand By, and now we are going to continue talking with Callista about Napping Princess. And so going back to the title, why do you think that it's called Napping Princess? Where does the princess part come in? Uh, mainly in the dream world, because the main character of the dream world is actually like the princess of this sort of world. So I think it's more just, I, this may sound incredibly silly, but to me it comes off as sort of the main as sort of it's like um as sort of it's like because the napping part deals with the fact that it's like um it's sort of like a way to, to combine both the dream world and the real world as like the napping part is from the real world and then the princess is from the dream, dream world i don't know that's that's what i that's the thing that's the thing i can come up with Nice. That's very interesting. What did you think about the backgrounds and the settings? I know you said it was really beautiful. Yes, very, very much. A common, I, I think it's like, well, the backgrounds in both the real world and the dream world were like, it was like, I really loved it. Like, I, I really enjoyed, like, especially it's like how everything looked in the dream world, in the dream world setting, because it's like, because the dream world setting is supposed to mirror the real world, but it just looks so much better to me. Because I just really enjoy this whole like aesthetic of sort of like a f- combination of fantasy and sci-fi. And there's like, because in the background, it's like when they do like these like wide shots showing like all like the ocean and stuff. I'm just like, 
It's like I'm about to I'm about to freak out. This looks so good. <laughs> it's like I don't know what it is, but it's like everything just looks so like there's so much going on, which I think is like really important. Yeah, it's really important to captivate the audience. And it sounds like this movie did that. So, uh, what did you think about the animated cinematography? Was that special as well? I, I'd say, yeah, it's special. Like, as I previously mentioned, the shots showing up, not the backgrounds especially. Nice. Yeah, and um, who would you say your favorite character was? It's kind of a tie for me between the main characters of both worlds, Kakone for the real world and uh, Princess Ancient for the dream world. Because I, I will admit one sort of downside to this movie is that the characters don't sound don't stand out that much i couldn't i don't think i could tell you any of like the other like uh side characters names but i mean i did really enjoy like how energetic both of both ancient and uh kakone were so i'd say probably my favorite also i kind of have a buy i also i i i really I, i'm just gonna throw this out there i really love ancients like like outfits for some reason it's like one of my favorite things in the film oh that's really cool what were her outfits like it was like this very strange like it was very fantasy but it's like she she wears two main outfits in the film one of that's i'm assuming is more like a princess outfit and then one that looks pirate and both of them were like really adorable and i just i love like i don't know what it was i don't know the coloring or just like the way it looks in this sort of art style but it looked really like it popped out a lot and I really liked it nice everything about this sounds really pretty I definitely want to see this movie if not for the storyline or anything else but just to see the beautiful visual effects <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um who uh could you relate to anybody in the film not exactly like I wouldn't I don't really know um I ever say I already previously mentioned that the characters aren't that like memorable aside from like two or three so that is one thing that is a little bit like that is a little bit harder for me okay um so what would you say the star rating is and the age range I'd say about uh, four out of five stars and 12 to 18 as the age recommendation. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking to me about this really cool sounding movie, Napping Princess. No problem. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Thomas Edison's Secret Lab, Rocket to the Moon. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. 
All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Sahiba and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about The Maze Runner, The Death Cure, Spring, uh, Please Stand By, Napping Princess, and now we'll be talking with Jolene about My Little Princess, Friendship is Magic, Spring into Friendship. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I heard that this is very similar yet different from My Little Pony because it's My Little Princess. Is that right? Yes. Cool. So can you tell me a little bit about um, what's happening, what adventures are going on? Okay, so My Little Princess, Friendship is Magic um, Serene to Friendship is basically the adventures and the problems that the ponies have with their relationships and like friendships. So, for example, in one of the episodes, it was about Sisterhood Social and it was about um, Rarity and her younger sister and how uh, they were able to fix their relationship and become really good sisters together and spend more time together. And there are also other episodes with, like, friends, like, having to choose between your friends and making compromises and stuff like that. Oh, that's so sweet. So how did you feel when watching it? I thought it was really, really cool to watch because it was really interesting that um, the episodes actually gave some good answers. So... In one of the episodes, it was, like, about, let's say you only have two tickets to go to a movie or something, and you have, like, so many friends. Who do you choose? And, like, I feel like that's a problem that other people could have as well. And it showed the pony um, made a compromise and just decided to not go at all so that her friends, none of her friends would feel sad and left out. And I think that's a really cool thing. A really nice thing to be to do for your friends yeah oh that's really great I love how this uh dvd seems to get give really great messages so what did you think of um the animation well for the animation I thought it was really it was really um colorful I wouldn't call it that detailed but it, it showed enough. 
it, it it's the same with the other My Little Pony um, episodes. The, the animation is the same. This one isn't really... There's nothing much different. But it's really colorful. And, like, the the mouth uh, and the facial expressions of the of the ponies moves with what, like, they're saying. So it's really good. Nice. And uh, what did you think about the designs of the ponies? Was there anything really cool? Um... For the My Little Pony series, nothing really specific to this, this, like, series of episodes. But, yeah, the ponies, like, the designs on them and the costumes and stuff, they really, everything that they wear, everything that's on them relates to, like, their personality. So, for example, for Pinkie Pie, everything on her is, like, pink. And she loves having, like, celebrations. So sometimes there'll be, like, confetti on her or there'll be, like, a balloon and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. So they sort of relate the designs to the personalities of the ponies? Yes. Oh, that's really unique. So um, did you have a favorite character? Um, My favorite character would be Spike because he's just... He's a dino who, who is, like, he helps, I guess, he, yeah, he helps Twilight Sparkle to, like, communicate with, um, with people like Princess Celestia outside. And, like, he's really cute. He's, he has, like, this great personality. He's really energetic. And he just seems like a fun dinosaur to, like, be around. And he's really cute, too. Oh, <laughs> he sounds adorable. So, Jolene, can you tell me, how does this DVD compare to other My Little Pony DVDs? This specific My Little Pony DVD does not have much difference from other My Little Pony DVDs, aside from, of course, the storyline and the, the, like, the messages of the stories. This one is more centered around like friendship and relationships so that's basically the only difference so Jolene what would you say the star rating and the age ranges I recommend this for the ages of three to nine and I give it five out of five stars awesome thank you so much for being on the show I had a great time talking to you thank you so much (laughs) You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about The Maze Runner, The Death Cure, Please Stand By, Napping Princess, and we're going to talk to Morgan on My Little Princess, Friendship is Magic, Spring into Friendship. Welcome to the show, Morgan. Thank you for having me. So what did you think about uh, My Little Princess? I think that it was absolutely really adorable. I mean, you have to giddy up buckaroos because it is time to get our friendship on. And, of course, you have the main six being Applejack, Rarity, Fluttershy, and um, the other three, which are absolutely adorable. And you have the adorable animals, the fun ponies, and even more adventures that are just blooming. So it's just a lot of fun. Awesome. This sounds really great. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what you thought about the animation? I think that the animation in My Little Pony is 
just really amazing, honestly. They always succeed because they have a lot of bit, a lot of color, and it sets the mood for spring um, in this particular episode or DVD. And it also has a lot of depth and detail, but at the same time, it's very simple. So it has a lot of different emotions to it, and it's very complex, yet at the same time, it gives you a feeling that it's simple. So that's what I really do adore about the animation. Very cool. And so did anything very special stand out to you in particular about these episodes? Well, one is the animation, and then number two would definitely have to be the Sisterhood Social being my favorite episode would probably be the fact that they had uh, the little kids being Sweetie Belle, um, who's Rarity's sister, and then adorable little Apple Bloom, who's Applejack's sister. And I think that uh, since they don't show the kids very often, I think that that was one of the episodes that really stood out. Nice. And uh, what would you say? What did you say about the backgrounds and scenes of um, the different places that they would visit? I would definitely say that all the different places that they go to are very astonishing. Because, I mean, you have the Crystal Palace. Then you have, um, like, all the different places. Like, I think you have Friendship Village and all those little places right there. So, you just have, like, a place that has so much connection to it. And every single place is so adorable because, like, there's a lot of different ponies. And whenever you go there, you'll also see so much detail. And every single pony is, like, always doing something. Like, they'll either be eating, using their magic or something. So they do focus a lot on the details in the background as well. Cool. That's also very important. Who is your favorite character? Uh, Hands down, Applejack. She is my pick of ponies. (laughs) oh how come well that would definitely have to be because of her honesty I mean honesty is the best quality and not only that but um she just is so adorable I mean whenever you hear her southern accent is just perfect um for the fit of this magnificent pony and this actress just has a perfect voice of course for Applejack And I love her element, which is harmony, the element of harmony. If you ever watch the episodes, you'll know that. And so we can learn a lot from her qualities so that people can aspire to um, learn to be honest and, you know, not to lie, which is something magnificent. And also they are, her family is something that is simply just uh, people that you want to actually be family members with or be neighbors with if you can't, because they are ponies and, you know, They are great farmers, they're very reliable, and they're people who are willing to do, like, anything for you. (laughs) Great, yeah, I could definitely be friends with any of these ponies. They all look very sweet. Uh, What would you say the star rating and the age range would be? I would definitely say that the age range for My Little Pony is 4 to 14. Maybe even go further than that, because, you know, some adults actually do watch this, including my mom and some adult boys, you know, they bronies, as some people call them, love this. So this is actually a show that's also for boys as well, which I think is something magnificent and something astonishing. So it and also the adorable characters and fun um, adventures and main six will go on. 
and the lessons that they will teach you will stick with kids and adults forever. So it's something that um, will really help everyone. And then I would give My Little Pony Friendship is Magic 5 out of 5 Friendship Filled Flowers. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us, Morgan. I had a great time talking with you. Same with you. And also, I want to let everybody know that My Little Pony, or Princess, um, Friendship is Magic, Spring into Friendship, is available now on DVD and at a store near you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And guess what? Be sure to tune in next time for our celebration of the 300th show. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Thank you for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>